Welcome to Expert Opinion, the branding business forum where leaders share their views, insights, and experiences from the world of B2B branding. And now, here's your host. Welcome to Expert Opinion. I'm Ryan Rikus, and today's show is focused on digital branding from Google's perspective. Today's guest is Andrew Leonard, Agency Development Manager of Google. I heard Andrew speak at a recent industry conference on integrated marketing. He was really impressed by his view on how brands can succeed in the micro-moment world we live in. Andrew, welcome to Expert Opinion. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. Hey, why don't you start by giving uh, our listeners an overview of your role? Yeah, so I'm an agency development manager, so I essentially work with advertising agencies uh, to help them advertise better digitally using Google's products. Let's dig into your presentation. Uh, it was titled Winning, Winning Moments That Matter, and maybe you can share with our listeners about these micro-moments and, and what brands can do to take advantage of the, these moments with their audiences. Yeah, so Google has essentially identified that marketing has become really complex. And uh, one thing I always like to talk about is kind of the marketing history and how things have gone in the past. Uh, back in the day, you used to be able to just advertise to everybody uh, with some simple advertising techniques. Uh, so you used to be able to do things like TV ads. And, you know, TV shows like The Cosby Show, if you just ran an ad during The Cosby Show, uh, you would end up reaching 25% of America. Uh, but these days, it's not so simple. Uh, people go to Netflix, they go to Hulu, uh, they go to Google, they go to YouTube. Uh, they go a lot of places for their content. So as a marketer, you're thinking, you know, how the heck do I reach all these people on all these different platforms? Um, so a lot of people saw this as a really unique problem. Uh, but Google kind of saw it as a really good opportunity because people still want to buy things. They still want to, you know, give you their money is what I like to say. Uh, they're just getting touched by different points and using technology in a different way now so that instead of just showing one TV ad uh, and people interacting with maybe a TV screen, you know, a certain amount of time per day, uh, people have smartphones, they have computers, they have tablets, but they're still interacting with these devices all the time. So that means every time they interact with these devices, that's a chance for you as a marketer to, sh- you know, show up and send your message to them. The audience is going to a lot of different venues for their content. They're also going to a lot of different devices. Um, but when they interact with these devices, that's what we call a micro moment at Google. Uh, and that's when we think it's a really unique chance to reach out to people and uh, send them your message and explain why your business is going to be useful for them. Why don't you go into kind of the, the components of that? I, I, I know the outline is, you know, be there, be useful, be quick and connect the dots. Maybe you can kind of chat about each of those, and, and if you could, bring an example in of, of sure. so people can relate to those. So I'll just quickly clarify what a micro-moment means so that people are kind of clear. Micro-moment is kind of a, a term we coined at Google, so we love to use it, obviously, because it's kind of our term. Um, and if you guys can visualize like a Venn diagram with three circles, not two circles, but kind of three circles, um, and there's an overlapping in the middle. And the three circles are intent, context, and immediacy. That is, when you mix intent, you mix with context, with immediacy. You mix those three things together. That's what Google considers a micro moment. This is a great moment to reach out to someone 
with your message. This is when someone really wants to do something, and for lack of a better way of phrasing it, this is when someone really wants to give you their money. Again, it's intent, context, and immediacy. These are what make up a micro moment. So Google kind of phrased it in a four-way, or sorry, a a four-point structure for people to know how to appeal to people during these micro moments. So what do you do during these micro moments to make your message clear and useful? Uh, so like you said, we phrase it as I want to know moments or I want to find moments, I want to buy moments, and I want to watch moments. Those are kind of the four main micro moments uh, that we look at, but there's also um, kind of some key steps you can take to be really good for them. So there's be there, as in make sure you're visible to them, be useful, be quick, and connect the dots. So I'll just kind of dive into each one of these. Again, that's be there, be useful, be quick, and connect the dots. So let's start with be there. What does it mean to kind of be there for people? Uh, and again, we always want to think of this in the context of there's intent, there's context, and then there's an immediacy. Um, as in, you know, people want something quickly. So being there, um, maybe the best example I can provide is with Red Roof Inn. Red Roof Inn wanted to be there for their customers. And what they noticed was late at night, a lot of the time, flights are canceled, and that's when there's a sudden urgent need for a hotel room. So Red Roof Inn ingeniously used Google search ads to, at a certain time after 7 o'clock around airports across the country, they started advertising really, really heavily. Uh, and they provided literally ads that said, was your flight canceled? You know, stop by Red Roof Inn and, you know, receive a discount or get a room immediately guaranteed tonight, things like that. Um, so, again, people needed something badly, and Red Roof Inn was being there for them. Um, so they did a great job of doing that. The next kind of tenant is be useful. Um, and, and one thing that Home Depot, I'll give an example with them, that they do a really, really good job is they create tons of useful content for the users that's not meant to, to sell to them. So if you go to Home Depot's YouTube page, there are tons of videos that are uh, essentially saying how to fix bathroom tile or how to find, you know, uh, the proper place to put a nail or, you know, how to use this product, things like that. This, you know, being useful, these kind of videos aren't going to necessarily lead to direct sales, but they know that people, when they are, you know, in their time and need, they don't know how to fix their toilet or they don't know how to fix the tile. They're going to go on YouTube. They're going to look up how to fix those issues. And then Home Depot is going to be there, you know, helping them and being useful for them. Um, so, again, it's not like a direct, like, buy our tools or buy this tile from us. It's a how-to video. It's useful. But as a result, they build a lot of value for the brand. At the same time, there is benefit to these videos. I think one of the stats that you showcased was that 48% of smartphone users will actually uh, intend to buy from organizations that provide these instructional vision videos because they're being helpful and and uh, they know their audience and and so there's a nice brand connection there exactly and again you know it's building up that brand favorability is one thing we talk a lot about building up that goodwill mm-hmm. um so these how-to videos are not aggressive sales pitches but they do a very good job of pitching the product and do a very good job of uh, pitching the company um so home depot is a great example of that Another kind of good example is eSurance. Um, you'll notice that with eSurance, they found out that people really like to talk uh, to a real person when things are going poorly or really stressful. 
Um, so their way of being useful is they always have that option there to, to make a phone call to someone when they're on their mobile phone. Um, you know, if you're stressed out, just had a car accident, maybe, uh, you're on the side of the road, you don't want to navigate some tricky mobile site. You know, you're, you're not, your mind's not in a place to do that. So they make it useful. They, they be useful by having, um, click the call buttons everywhere saying, do you want to talk to a real person? Uh, and so they do a really good job of being useful. Um, being quick is the next one. Uh, we kind of joke around speed thrills, then friction kills. Um, and I, I know it sounds cheesy and kind of corny, but being uh, quick uh, with your your sites or your your uh, on you know mobile sites or your mobile apps is is huge, and it's really really important. Um, we see these crazy stats, stats all the time where it's saying something like, you know, for every additional second it takes to load your mobile site. Uh, you know, another 30% of people drop out. Um, I, I'm sorry, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but what you need to know is every second longer you're taking to load something, uh, you're losing customers immediately. And one thing I would always encourage people to do is just, just pause and think about that. You may think investing in a mobile site may be very expensive, but think about all the customers you could be losing if your mobile site is slow or your mobile app is slow, and, and really weigh the cost-benefit there. Um, so one thing that we, we also encourage people to do other than just, you know, maybe having a really quick website or mobile app is just making sure that's easy for people to, to move along the process on your site. So what do I mean by that? Progressive insurance does a really good job of this. When you're on their app or on their mobile site trying to fill out a claim or something like that, they just have easy clickable buttons everywhere. Um, and I know that sounds silly. But people don't like having to scroll and then zoom in to click like a tiny link. Like the next button for the next page, don't make it small. Don't make it hard for people to click. Make it very easy, easy for people, you know, to use our fat fingers, for lack of a better term, to click on these buttons. Um, and, and by doing that, you're going to speed up the process. Uh, and, and that's going to be huge for your user experience. And again, you're, you're kind of your brand favorability. Um, so Progressive does a really good job of that. Um, I'd encourage anybody right now, you know, pull up your mobile phone, head over to their mobile site, uh, and see how simple and fast things load for you. Uh, and, and that's a really good thing to aim for. A little association to that. And of course, we're a B2B focused company, but, um, we're tracking this on a regular basis. And each month, the number of uh, visitors from mobile, uh, d- devices increase. And, uh, I'm sure it'll be soon to take over desktop, actually. Yeah. So, uh, mobile devices, and we can kind of dive into this in just a second, I think. I think it's worth kind of going down that road. Uh, mobile isn't coming, it's here. Uh, we talk a lot about, we used to say all the time, mobile's coming, get prepared. Get pre- if you're not prepared, you're, you're too late. You, you've already kind of missed the party, and you're playing catch-up at this point. Google officially, we had our mobile moment, as we called it, uh, in which now 50%, or sorry, greater than 50% of our searches are on mobile phones. So that is to say a majority of our searches are on mobile phones. And that trend is only going to continue in the direction of mobile. Uh, desktop is, is falling behind every year uh, compared to mobile. So when we talk about being there, a lot of being there is just making sure you have a mobile presence. So I'll hop into the last one here, and that's connecting the dots. We uh, at Google think data and what we call attribution is really important. We need to know that your marketing efforts are working. Um, so you need to make sure that you are measuring your cross-screen conversions, as in 
people who do things on desktops and then maybe do something later on on a mobile phone, you need to be able to measure that in some way. Uh, and, and that's really, really important. Um, so, for example, Shutterfly understands that, and I don't know if you guys are familiar with Shutterfly, but sure. they understand that uh, people will often pick up their mobile phone, take a picture, decide, you know what, like we, we want to get uh, a photo book made at maybe our vacation. They'll look up some things on their phone. They'll see Shutterfly as a good option. But maybe they don't want to complete that process on their phone. Uh, so then they'll go to their desktop uh, and maybe complete that a week later. Shutterfly really is good at measuring people going from their mobile phone to their desktop, maybe going from their desktop to their tablet afterwards, things like that. Um, so really understanding that you know people don't take just a straightforward path to do things anymore. The journey to purchasing is very fragmented, so you need to be able to, to connect all the pieces of the puzzle. Google does a lot of this. We have a lot of technology involving cookies and signed-in users um, to do a lot of this tracking, so our advertising suite's really good at this. Um, but make sure that you guys are, are truly understanding that people don't just go on a desktop, do all their research, and then complete you know a transaction right away. Uh, people like to research on their phone. They like to put it down for a little bit, maybe open up their laptop, things like that. Um, so make sure you're measuring that. And then another really good example here is Sprint. Sprint understands that a lot of people like to go into their store to perhaps purchase a phone or purchase a cell phone plan. Um, so they do a really good job of measuring anytime someone looks up directions to their stores. As in, if someone Googles Sprint plans and then clicks give me directions, um, they do a really good job of measuring that to see if they're advertising actually driving people in store. Uh, brick and mortar is not dead. Uh, I, I know a lot of people think that, you know, Google, uh, because we do a lot of e-commerce, you know, perhaps we're, we're not friendly towards brick and mortar. We totally disagree with that. Brick and mortar is still a really big deal, but um, how we measure the effect of online leading to brick and mortar is very important. Um, so Sprint uses measuring getting directions to their stores to do that. That kind of concludes the four kind of checklist or the, the guide to winning micro moments. Just to recap really quickly, uh, it's be there. So like Red Roof Inn does, you know, they show up for the people in their times of need. They anticipate when their customers will need them, and then they show up. Be useful. You know, Home Depot is creating those really good how-to videos. Uh, being quick. Uh, Progressive uses big buttons on their mobile app and their mobile site. So it's really easy to just kind of click on things and move along quickly. And then connecting the dots. Um, so we have Shutterfly kind of understanding the mobile device to desktop to tablet to desktop to mobile, you know, back and forth that the journey uh, that the customer takes. And then another great example is, is Sprint, really understanding that online advertising does lead to brick-and-mortar uh, visits. You just need to know how to track it. Great summary. So we spoke about, uh, you know, the mobile's, you know, part of the uh, – the, the environment and part of the brand experience, it's, it's, uh, not coming, it's here. And, and video is, uh, kind of in the same conversation in the sense that, uh, more and more companies are now, uh, introducing video to their, uh, their websites to provide an opportunity to provide information, to showcase, uh, to, uh, explain, to give guidance. Um, what about virtual reality? Is, uh, what's next in, in that area? Virtual reality is a really cool landscape. To be honest, I don't think anyone really knows what's next. That's the fun <laughs> part about it. It is the wild west of the tech world right now. Um, a lot of people have some like guidelines and, and tenets that they believe in that they're going to hang on to. 
uh, and, and help that guide them. That's the cool thing about VR. I think the one thing we all know is that VR, sorry, virtual reality or VR, the one thing we all kind of agree upon is that it is looking to be the next big thing. A, a lot of people don't realize this, but in 2015, there was 6.7 million users of virtual reality already. Uh, 6.7 million, that's a lot in 2015. In 2016, there's already 43 million people in the world that use virtual reality regularly. Uh, 43 million, and, and that is nothing to stop at. That's 43 million, you know, potential customers out there um, who are using a new kind of way to reach out to them. And then we project actually that in 2017, there's going to be 90 million people uh, worldwide. And then by 2018, uh, 171 million people. Um, so we're essentially doubling up from here on out on our users for virtual reality. That's Google's projection down the road. I think one thing that Google really believes in with virtual reality is that it should be democratic and then people should have ways to use it um, no matter what their budget is uh, you know some people are kind of taking the really high-end approach but we are taking um, a very widespread approach in, in which we're kind of using uh, different ways to reach out to people so the one example I love to give is just uh, Google Cardboard have, have you guys heard of I don't know I'm saying have you guys heard of Google Cardboard but you have no way of uh, responding to me, but <laughs> have you, if you've heard of Google Cardboard, maybe you've seen what it looks like. It's literally a cardboard box. Um, all you do is you slot your phone into it, and then it turns your phone essentially into a virtual reality device. You kind of hold up this cardboard box. It's about the size of maybe a soda can, but rectangular. You hold it to your face, and it turns your phone into a virtual reality device. That literally will cost people a few bucks. That's it. Then we also created a device called Daydream, which is your much more uh, high-end experience. That's going to be closer to $130, I believe. And the reason why we're kind of creating all these different options is that we want it to be available to everybody. So kind of touching back on the micro-moments thing, we want to be there for everybody. We're not just going to try and appeal to a high-end uh, market. And then we actually also have something called 360 Video on YouTube. You might have seen some of these already. People are doing them more and more which you can like click and drag on your screen uh, or just move your phone around and will actually look like you're using a virtual reality device. Uh, there's no headset or anything like that, but it, it, it simulates the feeling of virtual uh, virtual reality a little bit. Pretty cool. Well, um, I guess a couple quick thoughts. Uh, the examples you use in micro moments, I, I imagine our listeners are thinking, well, they're quite B2C centric. But in reality, I, I, my guess is, and my opinion is that they, they apply very much to a B2B audience as well in the same yeah. uh, sense of be there, be useful, be quick, and connect the dots. So any examples that you can share from more of a B2B perspective? Yeah, and I think one thing we hear a lot is people don't really think that B2B is uh, easy to do uh, using Google products. A lot of people think, oh, you know, um, people, you know, B2C is very easy using Google products, but B2B is just not as common. But that's really not the case. I think any time that a lead needs to be filled out, and I know with a lot of B2B people, uh, leads are, are your lifeblood. That's what you need. Google serves a purpose there. Um, and uh, one thing I would really want to tell people, you know, a lot of people say to me, you know, well, you know, I think they do a lot of those searches on their desktop or their tablet maybe, but not, not so much on their mobile phone. Mobile is the future. All of the stats across all industries, when we look at the stats, mobile is where the searches are moving. 
Um, so even if you think you're in the B2B, um, I looked up some B2B categories before this just to make sure my numbers are correct. We are seeing mobile queries rise in all of those. So really, really do not think that, you know, only people are going to look for me on their desktop. No, people will look for you on their mobile phones because, again, they're going to be thinking, you know, while they're out on a site perhaps, you know, a construction site or while they're out um, touring a new property, they want to look up something quickly and get that answer quickly. And what are they going to do to do that? They're not going to wait till they get home and Google it on their desktop. They're going to whip out their mobile phone and do it right there. Um, so, again, just kind of recap, a lot of people think, you know, mobile is good for B2C and Google's products are more geared towards B2C, but quite frankly, we have a lot of good B2B options, and B2B has a really nice place for us. So, yeah, that, that's why I would kind of go out and, and make sure it's uh, cleared up for people out there. An example I would give is we were working with a parts manufacturer. They made kind of parts for uh, large aviation uh you know, uh, customers, so folks who had a lot of airplanes, things like that, they needed parts. And what they found out was that people often just type in the part number into Google. Uh, and, you know, so they were, you know, trying to advertise as, you know, check us out, we're, you know, uh, your, your top parts dealer. And they were using kind of terms like, uh, you know, just aviation parts or aviation deal, things like that. And it wasn't working really well. What they realized was, what do people search when they need a, a part? They just type in the part number. So when they start taking a really kind of granular approach like that and start just using the part numbers as their keywords and as their kind of mechanism to find people, they saw a tremendous amount of success doing that. Um, and I would kind of use that as a being there example, as in understand what your client is going to look for and make sure that you're appearing for that. Good example. You know, on the topic of be useful, I remember we had a conversation about the, the term, uh, the search term, what is blank? You fill in what you're offering. Uh, can you speak a little bit about that, the what is? Yeah, um, it's what is and how to. Those are kind of two really, really top terms. How to is the number one search term on YouTube. Uh, it's not uh, funny cat videos. That's not our number one term. Our number one term is how to. People love to go to YouTube to learn how to do something. It's it's amazing. Uh, and YouTube is actually the second largest search engine. It is second to Google search, the regular Google search. Um, and people love going to YouTube for how-to because video is a great way to communicate how to do something. I'll give you guys an example. Uh, I had the battery go out on my car, and my car was kind of strange where the battery wasn't just to open up the hood, pop it out. You actually had to, like, go through the side of the card to replace the battery. I immediately just thought, I have to look this up on YouTube. I'm not going to be able to read in the manual how to do this. You know, I don't know what this screw versus that screw or this socket versus that socket is. Uh, but if I see a guy do it on YouTube, I'm going to be able to do that really easily. So I just looked up how to replace the battery in my Pontiac. I went outside, held up my cell phone, put it on the side of my car, and I just watched the guy do it on his Pontiac, and I did the exact same thing on mine. If Pontiac had made that video, sadly Pontiac is not a company anymore, if GM had made that video, though, I would have just gone straight to GM for that. And again, that would have built it up that brand favorability. Or let's say, you know, you're a battery supplier. If you had made the video, I would have probably bought the battery from you because you're the ones who taught me how to get rid of it out of my car. Um, so video is an amazing way to communicate with people. People prefer video. And uh, if you're able to do that and be useful, people are going to love you. 
Well, Andrew, we're almost out of time. Any final thoughts or topics or trends that you just want to share with our listeners? I think the mobile part is really, really big. Uh, I, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but it's what I talk about with all of my clients and what I talk to all these advertising agencies about. Please do not think, you know, people aren't going to look for that on my mobile phone. I just don't see it. It's going to happen. That's where the winds are blowing. Um, one thing we always talk about, or I always like to say, is you always want to align your sales to where the winds are blowing. You always want to make sure, you know, you're getting behind the trends or getting in front of the trends. And those who have been able to adopt mobile quickly, like insurance, for example, they have seen tremendous success. Mobile is going to be an extension of our body. You know, we joke at Google about nomophobia, um, which is a real thing, and it's the fear of not having your phone on you. I always talk about when I leave the house, if I don't have my phone in my pocket, if I don't feel that phone in my jeans pocket, I walk differently. I feel strange. It's as if I'm walking out of the house with no pants on. Uh, Mobile devices are so important in our daily lives, and you as a business need to understand that you have to be there. Um, you can't keep saying, oh, I don't believe it. Stop denying it. Find a way to be there, be useful, You know, be quick, and then connect the dots on mobile devices. If you're able to do that, you're going to be successful, I promise you. Andrew, you shared a lot of great, useful content for our listeners today. Thank you for being a guest and expert opinion. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Well, that concludes our show for today. This is Ryan Rikus, and you've been listening to another edition of Expert Opinion, a branding business forum where thought leaders share their point of view. If you would like to listen to past shows or read our blog series, visit brandingbusiness.com. Until our next show, grow your business by living your brand promise.